It's Wednesday, June 10th. This is Professor Mitch. Let's take a look at what's going on in the world, markets, and economies. Lots of good news out there. Let's take a look at a little bit of the bad news. The bad news is that U.S. auto sales have fallen even worse than during the 2007-2009 mortgage crisis. We're off probably close to a million units compared to last year. And this is the prime selling season for automobiles, traditionally. The, the U.S. economy cannot recover if automobile sales don't recover. We can get close, but we're not going to recover. We've got to figure out, we may not actually recover those million units that we've lost, but we've at least got to re recover back to a level that's acceptable to feed the manufacturers, the dealer network, and so on. The good news is interest rates are very low. Chairman Powell of the U.S. Fed has come out and said, Fed's probably going to keep interest rates low <clears throat> until 2022. So the interest rates, the cost of money is not a problem. The availability of money is not a problem. We have to put people back to work. So we've got a major problem with automobiles. The other major problem is still unemployment. Even though the markets have improved and because they are anticipatory, they can look out six months, but unemployment is here and now, and we still have something close to 40 million people unemployed in this country. There are some issues now coming out about the accuracy of the employment and unemployment numbers. That's been a problem for at least 20 years. Last week, we had 1.88 million people file for unemployment claims. Um, that's right in that range that I predicted, one to two. I think this week it'll be closer to one. Last week, the good news was that 4.9 million people went back to work. That's being questioned, and I'm not sure that's right. But a lot of people went back to work. Probably more people, certainly, than, um, than filed for claims. So we probably had net-net positive employment last week, and I think we'll have the same thing this week. Clearly, construction, single-family sales, single-family rentals are on fire. We're definitely going through a deurbanization here in this country. A lot of families are moving out of cities. They're buying homes because mortgage rates are so low. They're renting homes because the homes are available to be rented. A lot of people would rather rent than sell because it looks like prices are going to continue to go up. So that's going to drive construction. Construction is another major employment provider in our country. So, and that will eventually, by the way, feed over into the subsidiary or affiliated industries, such as appliances, carpeting, furniture, and of course, eventually automobiles. It's going to take us a while to recover, but it appears as if we are on the road to recovery. And that's what the stock market's telling us. Sovereign debt is still a safe haven. It's still being used by a ton of global wealth. There is still a fair amount of buying going on in the sovereign debt markets, which is good because a, a lot of, of major governments are using the sovereign debt markets to finance themselves. But you can see it all through the scale, right? Mexico, whose market rate was over 8%, two months ago is now around 6%. Brazil, who couldn't even borrow with all their problems, couldn't borrow money in the global markets, is now able to borrow money at 
the damaged European economies like Greece and Italy are able to borrow money between one and a quarter and one and a half percent. And of course, all the positive uh, big industrial economies in Europe are able to borrow money between, let's say, one half of one percent and minus one half of one percent. And over here in North America, Canada's global ten-year uh, rate is about just about half a percent, and the U.S. is still under one percent at three quarters of one percent, which is amazing given how much debt we've issued and how much debt we're going to have to issue. The U.S. deficit is unfortunately huge and growing. Lately, it's been lately meaning the last couple of years, it's been in the one trillion dollar range. Now it's over two trillion. It could easily go to two and a half trillion as our government provides more stimulus. We'll see what happens, but you can count on the deficit being at least two trillion dollars. And don't forget that the government fiscal year ends August 30, and the um, tax receipts are supposed to happen August 15. But a lot of people will file late. So the government's not going to get a lot of income tax receipts this year. We'll see how that goes. Plus, of course, corporate income tax is filed quarterly, and so we should see. We will see, I should say, how that's going to affect uh, government uh, income tax receipts because I think corporate income tax uh, payments are going to be off hugely. So I, I see corporations providing very little support for government operations. U.S. Uh, personal income tax providing receipts providing very little support for government operations. So the government's going to operate at a just big, very big and growing deficit. Stock markets are looking beyond that, right? And and they're getting some support for that. So even gold, which has been trading in this tight range of 1650 to 1750 an ounce, even gold's around 1725, 1730 an ounce is saying, look, there's not a lot of problems, at least not yet. Right? Oil has recovered. Oil has recovered back to a level where oil companies can operate, not make a lot of money, but at least not lose money. Oil is around forty dollars a barrel. In part, that's because we're back driving more. There's more demand for gasoline. It's the summer, and hopefully that will continue. It would be very healthy to see oil recover back to around forty-five dollars a barrel, and I suspect that could happen by the end of July. But the stock markets are telling us things are going to be okay; that they're going to get better. Right? The the Nasdaq is up 28.4 percent year over year. Right? It's down, as I've said, over off its high of 14,000 uh, back um, uh, back in April, or sorry, back in January. But it's still, you know, it's still up uh, 28 percent year over year. The Dow's up about four to five percent year over year, so it's now back in positive territory. The S&P 500 is up about 11 percent year over year, and even the New York Stock Exchange, which, as we've said before, is the home for all the sort of old line, big balance sheet companies, even the New York Stock Exchange has recovered from down 12 percent to even year over year. So there's a fair amount of buying going on of U.S. stocks. There's a fair amount of buying going on of um, U.S. Uh, single-family residences. All that are good drivers for our economy. People are driving more. Oil is up, and, and it looks like it's relatively stable. Meaning, I don't suspect we'll see sort of the spiky price movements that we saw before. And you know, 
constant rhythm of investment globally seems to be sovereign debt and equities. The, the European markets are doing fairly well in equities. The, even the Asian markets are doing fairly well in equities. Clearly, there's a fair amount of concern still about the virus and how we deal with it and you know about the social distancing and having masks and can we now start to go back and utilize certain businesses and all that will start to provide employment. So over the next couple of weeks, I'm not sure the stock market's going to go much higher. It's at a pretty good level, but we should see single family home sales continue. Hopefully auto sales will recover. Oil will go up. Uh, hopefully to about $45 a barrel and gold will stay in its tight range of 1650 to 1750 an ounce if the virus breaks out again if if indeed some of these concerns are valid then all this is going to fall apart so we're still very dependent on the virus being contained but the markets are telling us that it's not business as usual yet but businesses are recovering Next week will be very important. Stay tuned. Speak to you then.